Ben. Shin. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 34 and 35. Japan in peril, Todiller invasion, Nihon Yoshi, Kamagira no Shinyu, a doctor with the Criminal Research Institute discovers Shocker's plan to split Japan with a nuclear bomb, but before he can come forward, the evil Todiller kidnaps his daughter and holds her hostage. Can Kamen Rider save her before it's too late? Bud, wise, er. Bud lies. The we have a toad. <laughs> it's a, a toad. toad this week. It's a it, toad it is a monster. Toad. toad Diller, and I don't know if that's supposed to be a portmanteau of Toad and Killer, or Toad and Driller, or Toad and Tiller. I mean, I. <laughs> it's one of the funnier sounding names that we've had in a while. Although at least it's a little bit easier than most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think that his powers are really weird for being a toad because, you know, toads are known for shooting gas out of their nostrils. Are you sure those are his uh, those are his nostrils or his or his eyes? Because remember last week we were talking you were talking about the shields on the common rider mask. This is what yes. I was hitting at last week, arrows of the internet. Because when I look at this Kaijin's face, I don't know where to look because the <laughs> way the, clearly the nostrils are the eye holes for the actor. But they have designed them not to look so much like nostrils. They look like empty eye sockets. So I keep looking at that and not the big bulbous eyes on top of his head. And that should tell you <laughs> something when I want to look at the smaller, seemingly empty eye sockets and not the giant eyes on top. I'm just it throw me off so bad, which is that is the theme this week, because. The next kaijin has a similar problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 masks are getting weird. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. <laughs> and you mentioned that the thing about shooting gas out of his nostrils. It's not just any gas, apparently. It's deadly it's, it's, laughing gas. So apparently he buys from the Joker same guy gas. as the Joker. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's Joker gas. 
I have another Joker reference for for the next episode oh, no. too. By the way. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, <laughs> there's several comic book jokes that we could make with the next one. I'm sure our guest star this week is this guy who's apparently a criminologist, figured out a bunch of stuff about Shocker, and he's also figured out that Hayato is common writer. I have no explanation for that other than he just knows. I love that scene where he's talking to Hayato and explaining, and he's like, yes, I know about Shocker. Is, uh, does, and he says, does that surprise you? And and then I'm like, yeah. not really. They aren't the most secretive organization <laughs> in the world. <laughs> they are one of the worst secret societies ever. I'm just... <laughs> It's like I'm not really super surprised. <laughs> yeah, at this point, <laughs> what makes you so special? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually more impressed that he knows that Hayato is common writer than that he knows that about Shocker. Yes, yeah, that's definitely the more impressive thing. Uh, Shocker's plan this week also involves nuclear weapons again. Because when does it not? Well, it actually, yeah. that, that's a lot. But regardless, I someone please explain to me. So this is supposed to be a nuclear bomb. They don't say anything about it being special. They just say it's a nuclear bomb. It is a nuclear bomb that they can fit in a suitcase and carry on a Cessna. And it could split, literally split Japan in half. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, I'm sorry, Stan Lee called, and he says, if you're going to do something crazy like that, true believer, you got to at least give some sort of explanation. <laughs> okay. It, that's not even the most crazy piece of technology we see in this episode. Come on. No, but I'm still just thinking, when did it get that crazy? <laughs> We have, later on in this episode, we have a machine that can read brainwaves and play them onto a screen like a movie. Yeah, in third person. In so third person. your memories get projected onto a TV screen in third person. I didn't know that was possible. That's like some weird out-of-body experience thing. It would be weird. If I had memories of seeing myself, that's just strange, man. That is strange. But that is all kinds of ridiculous comic book tech. It really I was like, wait, what? When they introduced that, I was like, what? Well, (laughs) Have we really jumped the shark that far? (laughs) Well, potential jumping of sharks aside, I would actually say that was a big moment, actually, in the history of the show that we had there which we're probably going to have to park there for at least a minute or two to talk about it. And it's actually something that I unfortunately had spoiled while he was setting up our notes because I was looking up the Japanese episode title and I went to the writer wiki and it just puts it right there. And I'm like, well, thanks. (laughs) Spoilers. So are we going to spoil what, what it is? It depends on if you want to talk about it now or save it for a little bit later in the discussion. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, 
yeah, let's 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 go back to chronologically an er, the earlier moment. Um, so this criminologist who knows all of sh- all about Shocker and and everything, they want to silence him. They want to get rid of all of the evidence that he has uh, gathered up. But he has mm. kind of locked himself in this like impenetra- impenetrable compound. So they they can't Shocker can't break into it. And the only way that his daughter can get kidnapped is if she leaves the compound grounds, which she does because of course, and I have written in my notes that the girl gets kidnapped because, uh, she's looking for a shuttlecock. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me what that is. Cause I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, a shuttlecock is the, is the thing that is, uh, that they're hitting back and forth in badminton. Ah, uh, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a little ball that has the feathers at the end that they hit back and forth mm-hmm, in badminton. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's called a shuttlecock, and the shuttlecock goes outside of the grounds, and so she climbs the fence to look for the shuttlecock. I just really like saying the word shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> I think you like saying it a little too much. You keep it up, I'm going to make that a meme. <laughs> uh, keep it up, and you're going to have to beep it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> do i have to uh, on the film fault i uh my uh dump button is jet jaguar do i have to invent one for this one <laughs> <laughs> i need a common writer sound effect that i can use <laughs> uh then we we also get a nice little scene with uh the writer girls and goro back at the tachibana racing clubhouse and I just, mm-hmm. I, Goro is such a little scamp and I love him. <laughs> I feel sorry for the frog. I keep, I kept wondering, <laughs> is that a real frog? I hope that's not a real frog because Goro, oh, he is cruel. Just Aww. grabbing that frog by one leg and just dangling it around. I'm just like, we stop it. They <laughs> let the him girls go at are, the end. I, they're yeah, that, yeah, but still, I'm just like at that scene when they were filming it. She was like, "I hope that's not a real frog." And then, oh my gosh, they just uh, the writer girls are just so girly. Like, oh my gosh, it's a frog! Run away! It's like it's not a spider or something, <laughs> but it's a frog. What's it gonna do? <laughs> I just love it because they they don't they don't re- the writer girls didn't know that Goro was going to be at the clubhouse so they didn't bring him a thing of ice cream they only brought enough for themselves and so Goro's answer to that is to chase them away with the frog so that he can get all the ice cream for himself I was just like he's such a he's such a little scamp I love it I love it so much yeah and then they make they have a line later about how they can now eat ice cream in peace yeah yeah which actually <laughs> leads to uh one of my candidates there were several good candidates for common this week and this was one of them because <laughs> it's from taki and it's when the writer girls are complaining to him about that little scamp and he says well no fury like a woman starved huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, good one, Taki. Good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Now, the next thing I have in my notes is leading into the spoiler section. So, is there anything else that we want to talk about before we get into that? Uh, I've got a few that uh, I'll just run through really quick. 
which is I love the fact that the whole this whole plot is about this one guy revealing shocker secrets and I realized and our heroes never thought to do this themselves. Yeah. Ever? I always wonder I, I wondered that too while I was watching this. I was like, so okay, this one guy is going to reveal all of Shocker's secrets, but it's like, but how many people actually know Shocker's secrets at this point? Anybody could have done this at this yeah. point. Yeah. And then there was a point where Hayato gets into a fight wearing a really nice white suit and all I kept thinking is that poor thing's going to get grass stained. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we get some more swashbuckling action, which you can never go wrong there. And Taki and his shocker goon disguises again. And I also just wrote down at this point, it's like, yeah. can somebody give me a manual for shocker ease? they're as bad as the putties at this point (laughs) but i love that when when taki comes in dressed up as one he does the sound too (laughs) (laughs) so apparently he's learned it i was like seriously i want his manual on shockeries (laughs) i have officially christened it shockeries Uh, okay there's this is a secret society with its own language apparently (laughs) i have this moment uh written down as taki's favorite move which is just wearing the shocker disguise and dressing up like a shocker goon. <laughs> it's like, it's his favorite move. He does it all the time. I love it. Yes. Yes. And now uh, my notes actually do get to the spoiler section. Cause I do have a joke about that, which is who, and I should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about it. I said, who gave them the brain scanner? Dr. Vankman. <laughs> 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 which is relevant because ghostbusters afterlife just came out <laughs> yeah yeah so we have this other okay. this other character who was introduced who is a witness that this criminologist is is uh using for putting together this case against shocker uh what makes her so special is not that she's witnessed like the shocker goons or the shocker uh monsters because a lot of people have done that what makes her special is she's actually met the leader of shocker bum 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 like i said this is one of those big moments i think in the course of the show we've cracked all these jokes but this is a big moment i think and so they're scanning her brain. They're putting it up on the TV. They're trying to make sure that she's you know, able to access these things because I guess she's PTSD'd a little bit, so she doesn't quite remember. She has to dig them out, basically. And we get the first on-screen appearance of the Shocker leader. Well, at Except least... We still don't see his face. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We get at least some of him because we don't see his face. He's still obscured. And yeah, uh, this is kind of interesting because you know, up to now we've had like the great leader, shocker leader uh, speaking to us through or to, to the goons through the big eagle statue in the shocker base. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had really any really any talk about this character you know, we've talked about this character, but they haven't really mentioned or talked about this character in the show. 
and now mm-hmm. suddenly they're introducing this he's, new mystery element. Yeah, he's basically just been a disembodied voice that tells everybody what to do. Yeah. And, and so I really... almost got a face to it this time, which was the thing that was a, they were actually trying to make that really dramatic because they're like, come on, show us what he looks like. Show us what he looks like. Show us. And all we get is a silhouette. It's the best. Yeah. We get. And the machine explodes when she tries to remember what he looks yeah. like. Uh, I mm-hmm. like from this moment moving forward, they're introducing the mystery element of who is the leader of Shocker and what does he look like? And I actually I said we didn't get to see his face yet, although I think I've already seen him elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, I know I've, I've watched ahead. Uh, I've seen what shocker, the shocker leader, who the shocker leader is and what he looks like. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. But I do like that. They're adding mm-hmm. this extra level of mystery. Cause up until now, shocker hasn't really had that much mystery to them. They've, they've been kind of like, we, we always joke about the least secret secret society, but adding this level of mystery of okay who's the leader what does he look like is it someone we know is it someone we've mm-hmm. already been introduced to is it is there a reason why he's he's uh so secretive and and hidden so it, it's just yeah it's it's a really great addition to the show yeah hold on travis remind me did they pull something like this in rocky a bullwinkle <laughs> probably i i don't remember <laughs> i have vague i have vague recollections of boris and natasha talking to a silhouetted man in uh in tv screen telling them what to do and they called him fearless leader so <laughs> there are so many like uh, like the idea of a leader of the secret you know, group or this evil organization being uh, hidden and and like obscured because he turns out to be someone who the characters know in the future or, or, or mm-hmm. know already, but revealed in the future that it's a character they already know uh, is a is a already established trope, even at the point in time mm-hmm. that the show was coming on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm just sitting here thinking. Missed opportunity for a Rocky and Bullwinker and Common Rider team up. Oh well. <laughs> I think actually, you know, I think Rocky and Bullwinkle was already like over with, like come and gone by the time Common Rider was around. Cause like Rocky and Bullwinkle predates Common Rider by like 20 years or so. I don't think it's quite 20 years, but okay. <laughs> they, they, I thought they were they a were... 60s thing, but I thought they were like late 50s. Started in 1959. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so a whopping 12 years. <laughs> One thing I do like about this episode is seeing Shocker kind of on the defensive foot because there's a moment or there's a scene in this where the Toad, Toad Diller, uh, has to sneak into this, you know, compound that this criminologist has. And so seeing it kind of reversed uh, from our normal scenario where we usually see Common Rider and Taki sneaking into the Shocker bases. Now we're seeing Shocker 
or the shocker kaijin sneaking into uh the the compound i i thought that was kind of a neat reversal of of your typical scenario mm-hmm. well i was just gonna say do we want to get back to the climax of the episode we were already yes. talking about it a little bit yes well i do want to bring up that toad diller has the po- i call uh, I, has an interesting superpower i called it tactile combustion <laughs> yeah that was kind of crazy he can touch touch things and set them on fire (laughs) because he's a toad it made me think of the fire breathing toad from the magic serpent have you ever seen that which was a toei movie by the way no i haven't seen that one yet (laughs) i i recommend i did an episode of it on the film vault actually a couple months ago and that Mm -hmm. had a fire breathing toad in it yeah fire breathing toad kaiju because Apparently, according to my guest Damon Noise, shout out to Damon, he's probably listening to this. Apparently, in European folklore, toads are associated with fire. You want to learn more about that? Listen to episode 49 of the Film Vault. <laughs> yeah. And uh and there are giant toads in Japanese mythology and stories, so mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a that's a thing. It, it is a it is a thing. But yeah, it, it was just kind of funny that he he just holds the papers up in the air and then just lights them on fire by, I mm-hmm. guess, fire starter powers <laughs> with his mind. Yeah. Well, like it's a tactile. No, I say it's tactile combustion because he can't look at things to set them on fire. It looks like he has to actually hold them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then so that so then we get to the climax. <laughs> Yes. Which involves chasing a Cessna. <laughs> chasing a Cessna with an atomic bomb on board. Uh, mm-hmm. Which doesn't destroy like a lot of things when it explodes. Like, okay. Go figure <laughs> on that. We also have another uh, line I consider for coming at you. <laughs> Because Toe Diller pokes his big old head out the window. Because that's the end of this. The the bad guys all get into the Cessna and they're barreling down the airstrip so they could take off. Kamen Rider's chasing after him in the motor well, on the cyclone. And Toe Diller sticks his big old head out the window and says, Ryder, catch me if you can. That was so okay. great. I just love that he's like taunting Common Rider while Common Rider's chasing after him. I'm like, why? Why? And then I for <laughs> And then I, if I remember correctly, I think he stuck his head out again later and he sounded a heck of a lot less confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get to what I think has to be a first. <laughs> a- and I let me, I have to double check the awards because I'm like, did I make this one of the awards? This seems like something I would do for the awards. Uh, no, I did not make this one of the awards. I am really surprised. I am really surprised because this is the first time I have seen Common Rider use the Rida jump to kill the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. He Rider jumps, tears off the the wing of the plane, which then explodes with an atomic bomb on board. Again, I have to reiterate. <laughs> and everything's fine and he really thought this was a good idea he truly thought this was a good idea 
Yeah. Ride or jump into the plane and turn it into an awkward miniature. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like this little common Rider action figure that flies <laughs> the miniature and takes the wing off. Yeah. I'm oh, just like, guys, I see why you don't do the miniatures very often. <laughs> I mean, the budget. You have to remember, they're on a shoestring I budget. <laughs> I know. It's a TV budget in the early 70s. Like, I admire the ambition, but it just still just looks kind of funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other note but the whole, I have... The whole thing. The whole thing. Just right on jump. Bad guy's dead. Bomb, nuclear yeah. bomb explodes, but doesn't explode. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> the only other note I have for this episode before we move on to the next one is uh, Toad Diller's gas apparently had magic memory erasing powers. Because why not? Because <laughs> the, the criminologist and the woman who saw the shocker leader both have their memories erased. From the same gas that we saw drive someone crazy and kill someone earlier, but yet somehow this time it doesn't kill them. It just erases their memories. So they don't remember anything about Shocker or Common Rider or any of that. Convenient. Yeah. Uh, but it's the like, plot convenience gas. <laughs> and like Hayato says, maybe it's for the best that you don't remember. <laughs> Oh, but God help us if you fix the brain scanning machine. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Speaking of brain scans and memories. <laughs> Next episode. The Killer Queen and Alchemides. Sachin Jory Alchemides. Shocker creates the Queen Ant Kaijin Alchemides and unleashes her on Japan to rob banks and create nests across the country. Not even Tachibana's garage is safe, so Kamen Rider rushes to the rescue. Mork from Ork, anyone? Nanu, Nanu. Because we actually see the birth of this kaijin pops out of a giant egg. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> For Because why not? And it's still and it's still referred to as a cyborg in the in the subtitles. Oh, these, uh, <laughs> these subtitles. Chow Factory. What the heck? So far. Only it only makes sense. For the most part, anyway, to call Common Rider a cyborg. The rest <laughs> of these kaijin. You should have just left it kaijin. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would just like to point out that just a few short episodes ago, before we have the queen ant, we had an ant eater. Yes. And I found myself wishing that. Uh, and I found myself thinking, man, that must be an awkward shocker Christmas party. Ari Gabari and Alchemides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why is the why is the ant monster's name a reference to Archimedes? I don't know. 
That's the other thing. I'm saying Alchemedes because I've also seen it spelled Archimedes, like the philosopher. Right. Archimedes <laughs> has nothing to do with ants. I don't understand why. What? Eureka. Yeah. Eureka. <laughs> Red Kool-Aid for my antennae that horrifically melts people. Because that's oh, the show's we... thing, is horrific <laughs> dissolution scenes. We talk about it all the time because, yes, they do it a lot. But, oh, man, that that acid effect, the dissolving effect, is really good. <laughs> it is. And like I said, I, I joked that it was red Kool-Aid, which is hilarious because later on in the episode, Alchemedes bashes through a wall and i just put oh yeah suddenly the kool-aid joke makes more sense <laughs> yes yes uh this uh this i mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the previous episode in, in the previous episode but uh i make a uh, i made a uh a joker uh reference whenever i was watching this episode because alchemedes the ant ant queen uh breaks into a bank and dissolves a couple of guards and instead of like stealing money she just melts and burns the money and it just reminded me of that scene from the dark knight where the joker burns the big pile of money and he says it's not about the money it's about sending a message <laughs> that's true that's true uh, so we have uh, uh, why, I wish we could call this th uh, call this thing Ant Woman just to make Marvel references yeah Ant Woman <laughs> Ant Woman <laughs> uh, but you know who I really feel sorry for in this episode that poor pigeon the pigeon <laughs> or is it a dove I don't know it looked like a pigeon the pigeon ah i was like why 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 you have to murder a pigeon <laughs> because they're shocker and they're evil and they're and they want to test their laser cannon security system yeah which okay this super high-tech defense that they've never had in any other shocker base before and so it's super deadly high-tech laser cannon laser grid but there's just a single switch on a tree that just turns it off weird how that happens <laughs> and 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 they find out uh hataki and hayato find out about it because they just punch a guy really hard and he just one of the shocker goons just tells them wait 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 which kind of contradicts what we found out earlier I think what like ten episodes ago, because they said that the the shocker goons are cyborgs that are basically brainwashed and programmed to never talk. Right. right. I don't think. I think this. I think this goon is going to get fired, and by fired, I mean fired out of a cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been the one that was. Uh, well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, <laughs> But we do have, again, Taki's favorite move, dressing up <laughs> like a shocker goon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's a good thing those, cos uh, those suits just 
all fit. I'm also just sitting here thinking, is there just a pair? Unless they just had those with them. Is there, is there a pair of naked shocker goons just lying unconscious someplace? <laughs> there's just a, a couple of shocker goons laying in the bushes in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> they just wake up. Man, what the heck happened? I I have such a hangover. What uh, what hit us? I think it was Common Rider's fist. Oh, it wasn't the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is the third costume Taki has stole from me this week. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have to we have to skip over how Taki and Hayato get inside the base. Because I just that's, wanna, this might be in my this might end up being in my top five favorite moments of the entire show. I know we still have about sixty episodes to go, but this is probably going to be in my top five. It's <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. So we'll talk about it in the awards. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so then we get to one of the cruxes of the episode. The MacGuffin, so to speak, which is we find out that apparently Alchemides lays eggs because Alchemides is actually female. I'm pretty sure that's yes. a male actor in that suit, but it's voiced by a woman. Yes. And she lays eggs and they steal one of the eggs. Yes. And this uh, egg is before. apparently made out of titanium. <laughs> not before Taki just tries to karate chop the egg. <laughs> And now suddenly he's mortal. Like you have displayed superpowers at several points. Apparently one of them is not super strength. Either that this is just beyond your super strength. It was like I said, really it's made out of freaking titanium. It's also it flame so... resistant. We find that out later. Because they try to set it on fire and it doesn't work. There's a moment, hold on, before we get into that part, if we get too far away. But there's a moment when Taki and Hayato are sneaking into the, the shocker base where they they don't want to get discovered. So they leap up to the roof, to the ceiling. And again, we mentioned it last week, but now Taki is also able to stick to the ceiling and just hang, you know, and just. <laughs> so now we have spider Taki. Now we have spider Taki. <laughs> now we have spider Taki. And Spider Rider. <laughs> Spider Rider. I still think that sounds so cool. Why doesn't that exist? Uh, and so then they once they steal the egg, they have to escape from this from this base, which also has some of the craziest traps that we've ever seen in a shocker base before, including a wall of spikes that drops down, and they get a shocker goon underneath that wall before it comes oh, down no. and he yeah they cut away from it but he gets crushed by this wall of spikes <laughs> uh, crushed and skewered he's all kinds of dead <laughs> that is a rough way to die <laughs> all kinds of dead there all kinds uh, of dead. <laughs> and so Taki escapes with the egg and Hayato stays behind to try to fight the, the uh, ant queen monster. 
but then he gets stuck inside of a giant oh, ant no. nest. And if oh, you are, no. if you are someone who is afraid of bugs, this is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I wonder if he's having flashbacks to Ari Gabari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's Ari Gabari? I can use his help this time. <laughs> <laughs> he's stuck inside this giant ant nest and then the and the ant queen uh just says that i'm going to tell my children to eat you and then then uh she leaves and he's going to he gets attacked by the by the ants it's it's really crazy it's a really crazy moment the question this just begs the question does kr2 have pants that the ants can get in i've got ants in my pants that's what I mean. Does he have pants for them to infiltrate? Hmm. <laughs> oh man! But they they bring they bring the egg or, or uh, uh, Taki brings the egg back to the Tachibana Racing Club, and Tachibana Tobe Tachibana himself says uh, says Why did you bring it here? And I'm like, you know, he has a point. Why did you bring it here? <laughs> I mean, he even has a line later where he says, putting us on egg duty. We're a bunch of hens. <laughs> that almost <laughs> made it, common it, at you this week. It's a monster egg. Why would you bring it here? <laughs> well, and then it's flame retardant, we find out. And the writer girls, they make the obvious jokes. They're like, well, well, well let's make omelets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they try to crack it open. But they can't, but they can't, <laughs> but they can't crack it open. And I, I'm thinking, I don't think ant eggs are going to be all that tasty. Also, that's not what ant eggs look like. <laughs> right. But, yeah, ant you can't make an omelet. giant chicken eggs. <laughs> I don't know what they were planning on doing with this thing, but it is, I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. It's just funny. Oh, did we miss the part where KR2 actually gets sprayed with the acidic Kool-Aid? I actually freaked out a little bit. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I was worried. I'm like, oh, no. Is he going to melt? Oh, oh, thank God. Thank God he didn't melt that. That the common armor or whatever you want to call it did something. Yeah. So the armor Fine. actually protects him, which I actually thought that was neat. It, it wasn't it wasn't like a throwaway thing of like, oh, it, you know, it just doesn't affect him. No, it actually hurt him. Like he he says, oh, my body feels like it's on fire, but it doesn't melt him because his armor is just strong enough that it resists it. And then he jumps into the water to wash all the uh, acid off of him. Yeah. Yeah, which was a pretty good stunt. Although I will say, I would just like to point out, if Mari had succeeded in cracking that egg open, I would have laughed so much. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great gag, actually. Like, if <laughs> you know, Taki tries to do it, he's like, ow, my hand. And then she walks over and she just like, eh, and she cracks it a little bit. Right. <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been great. But... I found some stuff out about Mari. I'll save that before we get to the awards. I'll save that for the end. But we did have a little bit of fun with that. And then we get to the point where I just wrote down I just wrote down red light, green light, because the egg glows. It yeah, glows red like and then it glows green. And I'm just like, huh? Red light, green light, red light. What is with these kaijin and dramatic lighting? They just love dramatic disco lighting. It's just okay. I was just having I was having flashbacks to Squid Game with red light and green light. 
Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh, did you see it? This is uh, this is tangentially related, but did you see the meme that somebody made about Squid Game where they were arresting Zeo Power Rangers? No, <laughs> no, I did. Oh yeah, I did. I did see that on their helmets. <laughs> the the shapes <laughs> on their faces, yeah. <laughs> That cracked me up. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not us. I, <laughs> I didn't see that. That uh, was funny. Anyway. Yeah. A- anyway. And then uh, you're talking about ant nests. And then we get to the point where we have ant farms in the windows. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And just thousands and thousands of ants, you know, breaking through into the Tachibana clubhouse. Um, one little thing, when they go to try to burn the egg, uh, Tachibana just kind of like haphazardly splashes gasoline all over the floor. So hopefully they don't ever spark anything inside the, the clubhouse anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when we got to that point, with the ant farms in the windows, that's probably how they actually did it. It was a bunch of ant farms. I, I wrote down, so no ants were harmed in the making of this motion picture. Maybe. Maybe. They looked the like a lot of was, ants. And then, yeah, well, hopefully those were props. And then the next thing I wrote was them! Yeah. <laughs> them! That needs to be the title uh, of this the episode. Classic night- <laughs> maybe <laughs> us versus them <laughs> us versus a- them ant woman and uh, or ant woman and them <laughs> there you go it could be ant woman and them <laughs> the classic 1954 film american film about giant radiated ants which is actually a lot better than you than you might think it is just so yeah heroes <laughs> it is really good um let's jump to the climax because i want to get to the climax and talk about the climax before we move into our awards yeah well i do want to just point out the uh, we find out that the bugs are weak to fire that's what pokemon always taught me mm-hmm. yep and also there was no music no fanfare during the henshin in this episode, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I, I when I was watching, I was like, hold on, they didn't play the music. And I actually huh. backed it up. I was like, no, they didn't play the music. That's weird. It's interesting. Also, we have, I mentioned this before, this is our second, both of our kaijin this week have the problem of nostrils that are actually eye holes and the eyes on the costume are elsewhere. We had the same thing here with <laughs> alchemides that's those are that's probably supposed to be a nose but they're actually the eye holes and the eyes are higher up on the mask like nice job guys okay anyway climax so uh the ant queen just kind of dissolves her own egg i thought that i wrote down hashtag irony for that one yeah yeah <laughs> but it actually uh, makes sense considering how indestructible they have established that this egg is and then they use her acid that we have seen eat through things, almost ate through the common Rider's armor. So it just makes sense. Yeah. Nice job show. Yeah. But I love that she just, she just constantly sprays the acid. And then that just like, there's a whole bunch of the acid that goes, you know, into the water that's nearby where they're fighting. And then common Rider kicks 
this ant queen into the water where all the acid is. And so not only did she destroy her own egg with the acid, but herself. Yeah, uh, there's some more irony for you right there. So it's not a case of, you know, oh, look, a a rainbow plant man falls into fire and dies. Oh, no, 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 no. She actually dies by her own acid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Then, but when they destroy the ant queen, it sets off a chain reaction, apparently, that blows up the entire shocker base with all of the eggs in it too. (laughs) Because that's how this works. (laughs) Yeah. Even, uh, even Colonel Zoll was confused by that one. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he get feedback on, uh, on his machine too? Just like before, Mm -hmm. I think there was a little bit of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there was a point we were texting each other back and forth while we were watching the episodes. And you mentioned just offhand that Mari looks kind of Caucasian. Actually, more than kind of. She looks very Caucasian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she has um, she has a different skin tone. Uh, she has a different skin tone than like some of the other writer, the other writer girls and some of the other actors. Uh, she has uh, more rounded eyes, you know, not your typical like Japanese or, or East Asian um, people of East Asian descent, how they have the more almond shaped eyes. Hers is more rounded uh, and her hair is a lighter color. So I was like, she doesn't look fully Japanese to me. Uh, so I was just wondering if, if she might not be of Japanese descent. Yeah. Which then sent me into what I call MIFV mode. Cause I'm like, you're going to make me research this. Aren't you and then I go off? And I did it. Now we was, we were originally a little confused because you thought it was Yuri and I couldn't find a single thing on that actress other than she was in yeah. the show. And <laughs> I get the, I get the names. And of the then it's like, Oh wait, confused. no, it's Mari. It's Mari. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's Mari. It's Mari. Like, okay. I looked up Mari and I found out that you were very right. The actress's name is Linda Yamamoto, and she was the daughter of a Japanese woman and an American serviceman who sadly died when she was two years old in the Korean War. But Linda Yamamoto was a singer and a model, and she did some acting, obviously, because she was in this show, and some interesting highlights. I might actually share some of the links that I use for this. Uh, and she even has a website. You can, she still has a website, people. You can go check out Mari's website. It's lindayamamoto.com, I want to say. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, and she actually, <laughs> my how times have changed. She actually was considered scandalous at this point in the early 70s because her stage outfit showed her belly button. Oh, my gosh. she has an interesting life if you just just look at the brief biography that they have for her on wikipedia she has a very interesting life to say the least yeah including uh a somewhat uh, of a music career like she's done some singing Mm -hmm. and everything and, and of course modeling and stuff and she she seems to be the most 
successful of the writer girls. Like I, we can't seem to find much information on the other writer girls outside of just their time on this show. But she had a whole career outside of this show and seems to still be doing stuff even today. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was really interesting that, you know, Oh, it was just curious about, you know, cause she, she looked like she wasn't, uh, of full Japanese descent. So I was just curious about that and then find out that she's, Oh yeah, she's actually this really interesting person who has a, a long career outside of common Rider and turned out to be the most successful of the girls in this series. Mm-hmm. I really do wonder what it was like for her growing up because she was very indicative of the times and the post-war era of Japan. That I was the, the sort of that sort of thing was actually fairly common. A lot of um, American soldiers marrying Japanese women, and, and and so I wonder what her life was like because I don't know what a you know, half Caucasian, half Jap, growing up half Caucasian, half Japanese would have been like for her at that time. It yeah, would have been like really the- interesting. In like the the sixties, fifties like, and sixties, yeah, growing up in that time period because because I know I, I I've read information on what it was like for for people who were half whatever and half Japanese, uh, growing up in in uh, other time periods, but but during that time period through the fifties and sixties, what was it what what was it like, you know, and, and stuff. And, and, you know, because she was raised in Japan and she was raised, you know, with her Japanese family, she speaks, you know, Japanese and she, she is Japanese, but uh, just, you know, for a country that historically is not always the most welcoming of people who look different for her to have such Mm -hmm. a big career in modeling and everything, while looking very Caucasian uh, is, is interesting. I think, I think she's a, it is a very interesting thing that she was as popular as she was at the time as a model, Mm -hmm. as an actress, uh, you know, looking that way, you know, looking like she's not fully Japanese when we know from, Mm -hmm. from doing research that Japan for a long time and a big part of its history was not very welcoming of people who were, different of different descent Mm -hmm. yeah japan has historically speaking and even to a certain extent now is a very homogenous country and has always been leery of outsiders you look at enough japanese media even kaiju and tokusatsu you'll see that leeriness of the outsider which is one of the things that makes I'm going to go on a slight tangent here, but it's one of the things that makes Japanese alien invasion films interesting is because, you know, there's a different flavor to it because it's this fear of the outsider, you know, manifesting Mm -hmm. itself in a lot of ways. And what can potentially make it a little bit scary for a non-Japanese audience is you have to take into consideration that this comes from cultural, cultural experience. They, these, Stories don't happen in a void. And then you have to remind yourself there's only ever been one country that has successfully invaded Japan because Japan's an island nation. And that's America. (laughs) Mm. Oh, you can go to some really interesting places there. Now, am I saying that Japanese alien invasion movies are anti-American or anything? I wouldn't go that far. But I do think that 
that experience, particularly around this time within the first few decades of the war, that was probably a huge influence for sure on these stories. Oh, yeah. But all of that to say, as much as we make fun of the writer girls, reading that made me think, like, you know what? Maybe we should cut them at least a little bit of slack because the fact that they cast her on this show and made her a main character is a sign of the times and I think a sign of acceptance for that sort of a thing. Yeah, it's a sign of progression uh, for a country that, you know, for a long time wasn't moving forward in a lot of social ways and a lot of the social areas. Um, and then here comes the 70s and 70s was a was a time period of progression, uh, socially speaking, for not just Japan, but even the United States. And, and yeah, having the writer uh -huh. girls for for like you said, for all their faults, having them on here is uh is yeah showing the progression that this show was uh was taking the stance that it was taking in that mm -hmm. you know in that way and i just yeah it makes me really appreciate the writer girls uh all three of them uh all three of the ones that are, we have right now uh in a in a new way yeah. and it definitely makes me appreciate uh mari in a new way knowing that she had a career outside of this show and she went on and still is out there doing stuff even today. It's, it, it's just, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. And with that, let's move into the awards, Travis. So first up, we have the Henshin kick award for the best stunt or fight scene. I'll let you go first this week. So mine comes from the first episode that we talked about this week. And it is uh common rider chasing the Cessna airplane on his motorcycle because that mm -hmm. is a i mean you can watch uh the behind the scenes uh making of of uh indiana jones <laughs> movies and see how difficult that kind of stunt work with an airplane and chasing after it and all of that is and the fact that they you know and and, and yeah we talked about how the models looked kind of silly when they were in the air but while they were on the ground on the runway that was a real plane and that was him really chasing after it on his uh motorcycle so you know that was yes. a pretty intense moment and a pretty intense uh stunt for them to pull off mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i miss actual stunts like that with it's you know it's real vehicles and real things and yeah mm -hmm. i wish they did it more often nowadays but anyway, mine is actually, it's almost a blink and you miss it moment. And I'm trying to remember exactly which episode it was in. I think it was in the first episode we talked about today. But there's a point where Kamen Rider is getting into a fight with the Shocker Goons and they're throwing knives at him. And he manages to get one of them. He disarms one of the Shocker Goons. And then one throws a knife at him. And then he takes one of the, uh, one of the knife he just took from a goon and he throws it and actually intercepts the other knife in midair and i just thought that was awesome <laughs> that was that was i i thought about putting that down in my award section but i was like nah nah i i'm gonna save that one because that was just a really cool scene <laughs> i know we talk about how this show is running on a shoestring budget and it's a television and they have to make these things fast but i have to say their action choreographers deserve a lot of credit for still coming up with some really cool and memorable 
bits like this that you would probably normally expect to see in an actual movie, like in an action movie, mm-hmm. not in a weekly television show. This yeah. was impressive to say the least, but this is also, I think kind of around the time that martial arts movies are starting to take off and Bruce Lee was a rising star. And you know, so the, the influence is not quite there because Bruce hadn't quite risen to stardom yet, but I kind of think it might already, we might be seeing the first vestiges of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Bruce Lee wouldn't have been an international star at this point in Hong Kong. He was already a star by this point. Yeah. And now on to talking Toku, the best special effect. And what did you have? Uh, We kind of have the same one. Uh, Mine's more specific. Uh, So I, I see, I see what you have written down. So um, mine is, not just the dissolving effects in general, but the dissolving the door uh, in mm-hmm. the Tachibana clubhouse. I thought that was a really cool scene. And I was hoping yeah. whenever they were, whenever they broke into the clubhouse that I was hoping, I'm like, Oh, I hope they dissolve the door because if they don't, then that would be kind of stupid. Why you wouldn't do that. And they did it. And, you know, and, and the ant queen did it and it was really cool. It looked really great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mine, like, like we, you hinted at was just all the dissolving effects and, period because that's kind of what this show's specialties is horrific dissolving effects i'm just glad that they don't look like beaded necklaces being pulled away like spaghetti anymore <laughs> yeah no they look real the, the the dissolving effects look really great now yeah yeah and now on to this might be my favorite entry of all the awards this week so for Kamen Atcha, we have the same one, and this is kind of a two-part. Uh, th- this is kind of a two-part uh, line. So, Travis, I'll have you read the first part, and then I'll read the second. How about that? Yeah. So Taki and Hayato, disguised as shocker goons, try to get into the shocker base. They walk up to the guards, and the guard says, "What's the password?" And then I don't know if it was Taki or Hayato because they were both disguised, but one of them says, Common Rider. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what happens. (laughs) It's just like, what's the password? It's Common Rider. Punch, punch. I died. It was great when, I, when, I, when that happened. I think I actually had to pause the 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 Tubi video for a second just so I could laugh. It was great. It was just, just one of the. It's just like it. It is just such an action movie, almost like Indiana Jones sort of a thing, you know. Like not even gonna try you know it's it's like it's you know what it is it's that scene it's that scene in indiana jones where the guy the the assassin comes and he's just swinging his swords around and everything and then indiana jones just just shoots him it's that kind of energy where it's just like like we're not even gonna try to play around we're just gonna get to the point That's almost like they're saying, like, well, we bothered to put the disguises on, and then they're like, we need the password. Like, well, we didn't figure that. Eh, common writer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, well, this didn't work. Let's, let's, plan B. <laughs> oh, 
but like I said, unless a lot of really crazy things happen between now and the end of the show, this is going to be probably be in my top five favorite moments. <laughs> it was great. It I really need was. More of this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it also shows just how much of a sense of humor the writers, the the writers of this show have, because they they just they'll throw in little things like that. That's just it's such a funny line the the way it's read and everything the timing of it was so good it's just really great uh, comedic moment oh my gosh uh, it, it's that one was so good that going on to the wth just it just i just feel like it just you know the air just kind of comes out a little bit because i don't yeah. think the wth can quite compete with that this yeah week. like that was more <laughs> of a wth than the the actual wth this week except it Except it wasn't so much WTH as, as it was just awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so WTH, what the henshin, uh, you know, for the craziest moment, we have the same one, which is <laughs> Alchemides is the pretty lady <laughs> in disguise. And she's like, so, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't mention it because it, it was in the that, awards. I was like, oh my gosh. That, that, that just, it scared me actually a little bit just like ah, oh my god <laughs> we note didn't to mention self, it note to self never trust pretty ladies they might be the kaijin of the week <laughs> we we didn't mention it when we were when we were going through the episode but early on when when uh, uh taki is trying to escape with the egg after stealing the egg from the shocker base uh there's just a random girl a woman who jumps out and in front of his uh motorcycle and he nearly hits her and then she's like oh my leg i think it's broken and he's like okay i'll take you to the hospital and he puts her on the motorcycle and then immediately she transforms into the ant queen archelides and it's just like uh-huh. it is such a ridiculous moment that it had to be the what the henshin yeah, because you would think by this point I would just expect it, but every time it happens, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they telegraph it hard, I don't. Uh, I, I don't expect it. <laughs> like, who's this random woman who just jumps out in front of Taki's motorcycle? Where did she come from? Why was she there? <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> she's the bad guy. <laughs> oh no Ah. yeah there you go (laughs) all right travis and now it is time for minute to henshin it the part of the show where we give our final thoughts on these two episodes in one minute or less i went first last week travis so i will defer to you okay all right on your mark Get set and go. I had a lot of fun with these episodes. These episodes were really great. Uh, They're just a lot of fun. I really like that they are starting to drop little hints and starting to build this kind of mystery on top of everything of who is the Shocker leader. Because up to this point, Shocker's just been the generic bad guys that you fight each week, and there hasn't been a lot of mystery behind them. Now we have this new... Uh, level of mystery to them and i think that's really cool so so i like how moving forward that's going to be a major part of the storyline 
Well, dang, you did it in 35. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You need to go on the drift space. You're going to make them all look sad. <laughs> Fanboy 50. <laughs> all right. And on my mark, get set, go. I have to agree with you. This is some of the – I feel like I say this almost, at least every other week now, but I keep talking about how – this is some of the most fun I've had watching the show. And this is definitely up there. I think that a password scene alone might elevate this episode to one of my favorites <laughs> of the entire <laughs> show. But like I said, we still got 60 some to go. Great. There's still more madness to be had. I'm sure. But that's what really sticks out to me this week. Like you said, the writers are really finding a good sense of humor and they're just, they're all just having a good time as much as we want to talk about how this is a shoestring budget. Clearly everyone is having a good time and doing the absolute best that they possibly can with what they're doing. 55, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we want to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and soon the Power Trip. But that does, that's still a secret. So shh. <laughs> if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? You know the motto for all Toku heroes. You henshin or you die. <laughs>